Have you ever been tempted to give up or check out in your walk with God? Have you been at a place in life's journey where you felt overwhelmed and overshadowed by life's obstacles, setbacks, or heartaches? It could be you're at such a place right now, a place where you are hungering for hope. If so, then Hope Along the Journey podcast is a ministry of encouragement created specifically with you and others just like you in mind. And now, here is your host, Mark Cravens, to share a word of encouragement with you today. Are you someone who's hungering for hope? Then you've come to the right place. Thank you, friend, for listening to today's podcast. And I'm your host, Mark Cravens, coming alongside of you as together we seek to discover hope along the journey. Today, I have here in my recording studio my good friend, Pastor Chuck Chapman. Chuck, welcome to today's podcast. Hey, Mark, thank you very much for having me. I'm yeah, here. I'm just so delighted that you're here. I wish everybody could see your great smile, Doc. You got one of those million dollar smiles, you know? No, no, I got a face for radio. It's a good thing that uh, they're, they're not here, you know, and this is a podcast instead. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, in case you don't know who Chuck is, Chuck Chapman is the outreach pastor of Grace Point Community over in Erlanger, Kentucky, just right across the river here from Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, Chuck's a graduate of God's Bible School in college. He has a huge burden for lost people. Yes, sir. He really cares about people who need Jesus, and especially those who are bound by addiction. He's also a graduate of Teen Challenge International of Southwest Florida, having overcome his own addictions in his life, an addiction that lasted about 15 years. Decade and a half. Wow. And now Chuck's partner in ministry is his wife, Lisa. Wish she could be here today, but... I love you, wife. <laughs> if you're listening. That's I'm good, sure yeah. she is. Hey, yeah. ma- make sure she listens, Doc. I mean, oh, she's she'll be listening. To. She'll right. be listening. Yeah, especially if you know she's mentioned Gotta say, on there. I, say I love my daughter, too. Hello, Brianna. All right. And yeah. your daughter, Brianna, right? Yes. Yeah, and now you just here, and you told me a while ago. You now you got a new dog. We got a dog, Daisy. Oh, Daisy. right. Well, Daisy, if you if you yeah. can hear his voice, bark yeah. for us. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, Chuck, it's it's again, like I said earlier, it's just a great to have you here for the podcast. Uh, known you for several years, have deep respect for you, Mutual. and thrilled at what you're doing for the kingdom of God and how you're reaching out to people who struggle with uh, addictions that hold their life at bay from achieving all that God has for them. So, and I thank you for being able to be in the trenches and doing that. But as I understand this, Chuck, and this comes out of your own background and your own story. Yes. Yeah. That 15 years you talked about, that decade and a half. So what I'd like to do is just kind of jump right into it, if you would, Chuck, and just Tell our listeners a little bit about what that was like for you and where God has brought you from. Yeah. Uh, Well, I've been sober 13 years now, and uh, there was a time where I couldn't make it 13 minutes without drinking. Uh, I started drinking when I was 12 years old. Uh, It all started out fun with my older brothers, having a good time, laughing, giggling, this and that. Um, they were 26, 27 in their prime, you know, and, uh, with that, uh, you know, eventually drugs got introduced into the Mm -hmm. equation. It started Mm -hmm. out with marijuana and a lot of people were like, well, marijuana's 
good for this or good for that or CBD oil and it's not a gateway drug, well, I'm here to tell you it most certainly is. Uh, that's you know? right. That's right. Uh, with that, uh, when I, I started smoking pot when I was, I'd say, 14. I started dropping acid. I moved on to acid, LSD, when I was 15. Uh, and by 17, I met an older woman, fell in love, um, very unhealthy relationship, and she was a hairdresser. Um, she was twice my age, and um, she was into cocaine. And so that wow. switched to cocaine. And yeah. by 18, I was a full-blown, fall-down drunk, belligerent drunk, alcoholic. And uh, that continued on for quite some time. I got DUI number one in uh, Kentucky in Boone County. I got DUI number two in Claremont County, Ohio. I flipped my truck five times on my own street. Uh, then I thought, well, hey, you know what? I need to get out of the state of Ohio, you know, and move to Florida. But over the years, I've learned the hard way that yeah. geographical change does not necessitate change because no matter where you go, you there, take you, yourself yeah, with you, yeah, don't yeah, you? you? That's are. exactly right. So yeah. I got down to Florida and I got DUI number three. So DUI one, Kentucky, Ohio, Florida, I guess you could say that I'm an equal opportunity offender. You know, I like to <laughs> spread my paycheck out. But by that point, um, you know, the drinking and, and, and drug. And I mean, I've, I've, if you could smoke it, snort it or, you know, whatever, I, I was I was into it, you know, but I was primarily wow. an alcoholic, you mm -hmm. know, and mm -hmm. it, it, it pulled the strings. It was my uh, first thought in the morning, the, the, you know, the, the last thing I thought about when I went to bed. Um, it was bad, but the, the, the happy-go-lucky lucky drunk uh, left quite some time and it was replaced by uh, anger, uh, throwing things, breaking things, raising a voices. Um, suspicion, doubt, uh, paranoia, you know, wow. everyone's out to mm -hmm. get me. Um, I, I got DUI number three in Florida, as I said, and on that last one, I, I hit an elderly couple and put them in the hospital. Oh. And, uh, you know, talk about provenient grace. Mm -hmm. uh, by God sparing them that night, he mm -hmm. spared me. You mm -hmm. know, I didn't see that at the time, and I didn't even know at the time that God was in there and had a plan, but things, mm -hmm. you know, went from bad to worse. Um, uh, a hurricane hit our hometown in Florida. I ended up losing my house, but that was more so to bad money management due to the addiction. Mm -hmm. um, and with that, uh, I stopped bathing. I stopped brushing my teeth. Wow. You know, I didn't wow. like looking in the mirror because I didn't recognize the person looking back at me, nor did I like the way he was looking at me yep. very much either. Yeah, I can imagine. And so with that, um, I had a very unhealthy marriage. Um, I'm not going to get on here and get into all that, mm -hmm. um, but uh, I you know, if I would have been my ex-wife, I wouldn't have wanted to have been married to me either. Right. You know? right. And so uh, we ended up losing our house and coming home and uh, moving back to Kentucky with my tail tucked between my legs and moved home to my father's house. He was the only one, the bridge, the only bridge we hadn't burnt. Mm -hmm. And uh, mm -hmm. quite some time later, I just, I, I sobered up for a little bit. I mean, I had many attempts, many mm -hmm. attempts with the absence of God mm -hmm. to get sober. Didn't work out too well. And then uh, June 17th, 2007 was the last night I drank. I had gotten into it um, with my ex-wife at the time. I was drinking. I had, a, I had a lot of liquor that night. I knew not to do that. Mm -hmm. I tried to master or moderate my drinking for years. It couldn't be done. Um, and then that night I, uh, I got locked up in the Kennan County jail and mm -hmm. I, I woke up the next day in the Kennan County jail, not knowing where I was, not remembering fully what had happened. Um, but I, I kind of vaguely recognized where I was and I, I was there. And to make a long story short, um, I started to come to and get my wits about me. I'm like, man, where am I? I was like, man, I, I, I'm obviously in jail, but I've been here before. Where am I at? Mm -hmm. And then it hit me. 
I was like, this is the Cannon County Jail. And then mm -hmm. the Lord broke through all that and said to me, he's like, you were waking up on this same exact slab of concrete 10 years prior. Your life has not moved forward one day yes, since something. the time you left Ohio to now. And so it was at that moment that I, I dropped down and I hit my knees and I said, God, and, and, and it wasn't one of those, if you're, you know, if you get me out of this, I'll never do it again. I prayed right. those prayers right. a thousand times, never mm -hmm. took, you know, mm -hmm. um, on my end. Uh, but this time I said, God, if you're real and if you exist, I was like, uh, you know, I, I, I never meant to become a drunk, you mm -hmm. know, I never meant to become an alcoholic, you right. know, it just right. worked out that way, you yeah. know, I, but, uh, I wish I could turn my addiction on and off like a light switch. I can't. Can you? Mm -hmm. And there wasn't nothing miraculous that uh, happened there. I didn't get filled with the spirit and start mm -hmm. rolling on the floor or anything like right. that. But oddly enough, I got bonded out and uh, I went home and my dad said, hey, I met a pastor to the gym. And uh, I'm like, dad, stop messing around because my dad's not a Christian. I'm like, right. this is serious. Because right. mm -hmm. I had five years on the shelf, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, my dad sent me up to this pastor at, at his church. And uh, I sat in the back and uh, I mean the back back, you know, uh, the only people uh, farther in the back row than me was the sound booth, you know, and uh, I was thinking about yeah, asking them to move, you, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and so I never met this pastor before, but that day, man, uh, you know, uh, the, the desire to drink has never come back. And uh, that day, a pastor who I never met before uh, named Larry Dillon, he, mm -hmm. uh, he preached a message, and uh, it's like he knew everything about me. I'm like, man, did my dad call this guy and tell him I was coming? Yeah. But, man, that, that it broke through the fog of addiction. It cut right to my heart. Amazing. And it just. And then after the service, there was Larry, and he, he's like, hey, what's going on? Who are you? You know, I told him who I was, where I've been, what I've done, who uh -huh. I've done it with. Uh -huh. and, he, and he did something. He did something that no one else ever did for me, and I think this was the, 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 the catalyst of it. He's like, can I pray for you? Mm -hmm. And no one had ever asked me that before. And I'm like, I'm, I'm like, yeah, sure, sure, you know, why not? And this big, giant, tall man, if you know Larry, he's a tall guy, he yeah, took me in his Larry. office, yeah. and he, he grabbed me by the hands, and he just started praying over me. And in this prayer, uh, he made me feel loved, he made me feel important, and like I mattered to Jesus. And man, oh, you want to talk about Niagara Falls, buddy, right there. <laughs> I think they had to call in a carpet cleaner after that oh, when I got done crying man, in that office. But man. uh that was it. Uh, I was healed. There was a lot of stuff that, that went into that. But, um, you know, just because you've been forgiven by your Father in heaven doesn't mean you don't have to pay the piper here on earth. That's right. And so I, I still had to end up going to jail and mm -hmm. this and that. And I went to treatment, got some, te went to Teen Challenge. A lot of stuff happened there and got out. And uh, I'm one of few guys that's uh, still standing after Praise that God. time. But uh, yeah, just, I, I got, I was telling Mark earlier for those of you listen, I got a lot of problems. Uh, but my addiction is not one of them. You know, that's, uh, that's not something I struggle with. I don't get up in the day and say, just for today, I'm not going to drink. I'm like, just for today, I'm going to try not to, uh -huh. you know, cuss at that guy in traffic or something, you know, right, but not right. not that, you know. Mm -hmm. they're, they're, you, you can be recovered as opposed to recovering is what I'm here today to tell you. Uh, that's great. And, and just thrills, as I hear your story, it just thrills my heart to, to see where God brought you from mm -hmm. and where he's brought you to today. It's been an incredible journey, hasn't it? Oh, yes, sir. Yeah, he t <laughs> he's still taking Josephs out of the pit yes, and he putting is. them in the palace. That's right. You know, he took me out of that jail yeah. cell and put me behind the pulpit, took me to God's Bible school in college where I met you and yeah. Uh, yeah. brought me a, a, a godly woman, uh, gave me custody of my kid back, you know, everything the enemy took or the, the year the locust ate. Yes, The Lord returned right. it uh, tenfold and just I uh, have purpose. Uh, I don't have any fair weather friends any longer, you know, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. and uh, I have friends of substance and just yeah, the, the places yeah. 
he's taken me in this thing. I even got to go back. I was a member of the Kentucky jail ministry one time and I got to go back into my old cell. Did you really? And say, Hey, you're in my bunk. Get up, buddy. You <laughs> what, was that, what, what, was, what was that like to go back into that? Oh man. I, I loved it so Doc. much. They say that uh, Christians are a peculiar people, you right, know, right. I spent all that time wanting to get out of there. And then from the time I got out, I spent every day since then trying to go back in where yeah. I can minister to the other addicts and alcohol. I'm like, what's wrong with me, man? You know, but uh, yeah, yeah, but I, I like going in and out on my own terms, you know? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so, you don't you want know, to be bad. When I could go home in the evening, a lot nicer. That's right. Do you now? So, man, I got like five or six questions. Here we go. All right. So, so while we're that's hot on the stove here, are you getting into jails today? Are you allowed to go in and do some ministry? Yes, uh, with COVID nineteen, it's a it's a little bit different. Um, I was Mm -hmm. with the Kentucky Jail Ministry for a while, but then uh, the Lord put me into seminary, and that started Mm -hmm. taking a lot of my time. So I had to pull back from that. You know. Someone once told me that a call to preach is a call to prepare. And so the Correct. Lord had a lot of work yes. to do on mm-hmm. me, and, and so yep. I, I came in there. But nowadays I just go in usually on a one-on-one case when, like, a family member calls me and said, hey, my mm-hmm. loved one's down in Campbell mm-hmm. County. Or, and, and I like that better. I like that one-on-one time because that's where Larry Dillon used to come and visit me after I met him that day. So Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Good old Larry Dillon. Yes, yeah, it's, it's funny when I go in there and visit a guy, and, you know, Larry mm-hmm. Dillon used to visit me down in there, you know, from yeah. those – three weeks before I got transferred back down to Florida, you know, three months before I got transferred down to Florida. Yeah. What a, what a miracle. So yeah, I love jail ministry. Uh, don't get to do it as much as I would Mm -hmm. like. The Lord's got Mm -hmm. me on other stuff right now, but if you have a loved one in there, call me, I'll, I'll go sick the Holy ghost on them. (laughs) (laughs) And and the nice thing about that is when you go in there, they got nothing else to do. So you have a captivated audience. You definitely got a captive audience. Yeah. You got their undivided attention. You preach for for an hour. They're like, Hey, keep going preacher. You know? And so, yeah, but if you're in a church, they're like, Hey, this guy's over 25 minutes, you know? (laughs) Plenty of time. In fact, that's all I've got is time. Yeah. yeah, Go ahead. Go ahead. Preacher. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you mentioned in the conversation, your father was not a Christian. Yep. Um, you, you talked about in your prayer, you prayed, if there is a God, yes, you know, deliver me, save show me, yourself. show yep. yourself. Yeah. yeah. What was in your background as far as knowledge of God? What, what little pieces did you, you seem to have some pieces somewhere. Were there any gospel seeds sown throughout yeah, your life? Uh, not necessarily good seeds, uh-huh. you know, more like tares, you gotcha. know, um, the examples that I did have as Christians in mm-hmm. my life growing up was not a good witness. Okay. You know, okay. there was a lot of hypocrisy in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I got dragged to church a couple times as a kid, but back then, you know, like I'd be climbing under the pews. I was that kid climbing under the pews, <laughs> making noise. You I know? believe that. Yeah. Right. yeah. And, uh, you know, I was told, shut up, be quiet, you know, shh, shh, you know, and I mean, how does that draw a kid to Jesus, you know? Mm-hmm. And so uh, right, with right. that, uh, I'm a big believer in children's worship, you know, mm-hmm. in church and give them a spot that ministers to them. You right. know, you don't right. need to have them in there in the pews, but that's, that's another subject. But, uh, you know, yeah, uh, my family, a lot of them uh, was, was Pentecostal and mm-hmm. nothing against Pentecostals. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that some of us could do with a little bit more Pentecostal <laughs> at times, even though I'm, I'm a Nazarene, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with that, um, you know, I, and, and other than that, I knew God existed. I knew and, and my interaction with him was that he was up there and I kind of felt like he was like some kind of angry kid at Chuck E. Cheese on Whack-A-Mole just waiting to get me gotcha. when I got out of gotcha. line. I did have an element of reverence to God. Mm-hmm. I mean, even in my full-blown addiction and, and depravity, I mean, full-blown depravity, right, I mean, right. that I was in. Um, I just told you about some of the highlights of it, not the lowlights of right. it. Um, but with that, I, you know, I had a rule that I wouldn't cuss on um, 
church property. Like a lot of times mm-hmm, I had to walk mm-hmm. walk home or walk through a church to get to a job or something like that, you know, and I wouldn't cuss there. But then at other times, depending on if I was high or drunk, that I've smoked joints in church parking lots before at my sister's wedding, you know, yeah. so it just depended on the yeah. day, you know. So I knew he was there, didn't have a relationship with him. Right. Tried it a couple times. Uh, DUI number uh, two, mm-hmm. I got locked up, uh, read uh, the Old Testament from Genesis to Isaiah, got out, put down the Bible. Uh, picked up the bottle, mm-hmm. Genesis or DUI number three, same thing, same duration, uh, mm-hmm. but DUI number three, probation violation. I got in there, I started in the New Testament, I read about this man named Jesus, mm-hmm. and it took. Wow, yeah. that is incredible. Yeah. yeah, not saying the Old Testament isn't inspired. I, I'm preaching a message in two weeks. I'm going Old Testament. I, I love the Old Testament. You that's know? As a matter of fact, you were my Old Testament teacher. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I did yeah, have you, of, didn't I? One of my favorite subjects. Yeah. So, but uh, just for some reason, just uh, yeah. it wasn't until I encountered Christ that it, it, it really set in. That's I, great. I ain't had a drink since. That's great. So that's, you know, as I think about those seeds, you know, I think sometimes that's so important that, because I think sometimes even if children aren't comprehending mm-hmm. or they're not getting a lot out, yes. at least there's something. So you had enough to be able to at least know to call on God. Yes. Well, I'd like to reapproach on that mm-hmm. then, talking seeds. Uh, mm-hmm. On DUI number two in Claremont County Jail, mm-hmm. it was Easter Sunday, 2001. A man came in there and, and they said, hey, listen, you can't land your bunks all day. You either go to class or you go back to the, mm-hmm. the general population. No one wants to do that. So I went to this man's class, happened mm-hmm. to be a Christian. He started talking about Christ. And if you deny me in front of others, I'll deny you in front uh-huh. of fathers. And uh, man, I hate to steal something from the great John Wesley, but I felt my heart strangely warmed, warmed you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, trademark yeah. John Wesley, John Wesley, Inc., you know? Yeah. <laughs> but with that, um, I, you know, I felt something happen inside. I'm like, I don't care about if these guys, I'm never going to see them again. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I raised my hand and stood up. And I was like, I'd like to ask Christ into my heart. Mm-hmm. It was Easter Sunday, 2001. I got out, made it about three weeks sober, and then I moved to Florida shortly thereafter, relapsed, and, and decades right. went by. Uh, or not decades, but uh, six years went by. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I'm up here, I'm locked up, I cry out like I, mm-hmm. I, I expressed to you earlier. Mm-hmm. I got out of jail that day and talk about a seed sown. Mm-hmm. It was sown that day on Easter Sunday, 2001. I forgot my promise, but the mm-hmm. Lord didn't forget his that day Amen. to, to protect right. me. Yeah. And so he circled the block for me, mm-hmm. you know, and came back in 2000. So I thank God I was still alive to... Yeah catch a ride with them. But yeah, the seed was definitely, I guess if there was ever a seed sown, mm-hmm. yeah, there was some some stuff as a kid, but mainly that day, that was Easter it. Sunday, yeah. 2001, the seed was sown. Isn't that amazing? Because I think so yeah. many times, and, I, and the reason I wanted to ask that was because I think we as sowers of the seed, we sometimes get discouraged because yeah. we don't see it yeah. bring a harvest quickly. Yeah. We always reap later than we sow, yeah. and that man may or may not even know. No, there's no way he knows. You yeah, know, it's, it's a minister. I deal with that, too. That's exactly yeah. right. And so even today, which leads me to what you're doing today. So yeah. God has brought you into a ministry today that you're doing. So tell our listeners, my friends, what what is it that you're doing? What has God led you into now at this point in your life? Uh, I am... I primarily work with, I'm, I'm the outreach pastor at Grace Point Community Church in Irvine. Right. However, mm-hmm. the majority of my day-to-day seems to be the substance abuse pastor. Um, mm-hmm. People from all over the district uh, call and send their loved ones to me or call and mm-hmm. ask me what's going on. Uh, I believe the Lord's given me a vision um, for a, a different way to do recovery, a Christ-centered way mm-hmm. to do recovery. The, uh, there's a lot of recovery programs out there, a lot of Christ-centered uh recovery programs mm-hmm. out there. don't know right. if I can label them or anything like that. But with that, um, the difference between what the Lord's done in my life and laid on my heart is I believe you can be recovered 
as opposed to forever recovering. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of these places say, well, you're going to be in recovery the rest of your life, which basically means that I'm forever walking in one direction, but never reaching desti my destination. Mm -hmm. And with that, mm -hmm. your only hope is in death. You know, mm -hmm. but Jesus said, I've come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. That's right. And he That's who right. the Son sets free is free indeed. Mm -hmm. And I believe that I'll see the goodness in the, of the Lord in the land of the living. Mm -hmm. And so there's victory for here and now, and I believe you can be recovered. And the Lord's given That's me great. a message. Mm -hmm. um, it's more than just a, a sermon. It's more than just a program. It's more than just a book, which I'm writing on it. Mm -hmm. And I call it ASAP Recovery. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm, I'm in the process of writing a book in it, but I also believe that this would be a program, um, an inner city program at that. And uh, it's, it's a faith-based four-step program designed to guide you into an authentic, mm -hmm. growing relationship mm -hmm. with Jesus. I believe that's the main problem with a lot of the recovery models today is their goal is sobriety. Sobriety, nowhere in the Bible yeah, does right. it say that yeah. that's the foundation. Mm -hmm. uh, sobriety is too narrow a topic. It, it will not sustain you when you need it. So my mm -hmm. goal is Christianity and, and, and bringing them into an authentic, growing relationship with Jesus. I'm of the mindset, if somebody gets saved, an authentic, mm -hmm. growing relationship with Jesus, that sobriety will come. However, if someone gets sober, that doesn't mean that salvation will come. And what mm -hmm. good is it going to be if you white-knuckle it your whole life only to burn for eternity in the next, mm -hmm. you know? And so the goal is Jesus, you know? And That's so, great. Yeah, I so I'm, I'm, I'm in the process yeah. of writing a book on it, ASAP Recovery, Four Steps Towards Jesus, Towards Victory. And uh, awesome. we, we look at these steps yeah. and uh, how they uh, bring us closer to him and that relationship. And uh, it, it should be out, uh, I'm hoping this year, you know, I'm going to be a book one of two, and uh, book two is 60% done. So. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you think about this, you know, 13 years ago, yeah. you know, on a bunk in a jail, yeah. on your knees, just calling out on God, hoping there was somebody there to hear you. Yeah. And now 13 years later, God has done so many miracles mm -hmm. in your life. And now you're getting ready to publish a book. Mm -hmm. God's opened this wonderful door of opportunity. And, you know, one of the reasons I wanted you on this podcast, and we, sh we talked about this before the podcast, is that the purpose of this Hope Along the Journey ministry is to inspire and encourage people yes. who are hungering yeah. to find hope. And I just think there are so many people out there who feel their situation, circumstances, yeah. their addictions hopeless. Do you, mm -hmm. do you see that, Chuck? A lot of people oh, feel it's hopeless. Absolutely. absolutely. And, and for a lot of people, it is because they don't have the tools they mm -hmm. need. Number right. one, they don't have the relationship with God. They'll have a relationship with a higher power of their understanding, you mm -hmm. know. Um, that's you. You know, you are the higher power of your own understanding. I mean, mm -hmm. it's kind of in the name, mm -hmm. you know, right. your own understanding. But with that, yeah, just a lot of people like, I'm never going to be able to beat this. I'm never going to be able to do this. But mm -hmm. I believe that uh, with some structure, some accountability, some purpose, and most of all, some absolute surrender— um, and those are the four steps of our program, which make up the acronym mm -hmm. ASAP. Go over that one more time. Give, give us okay. that acronym yeah. again. Uh, the four steps of ASAP recovery um, are, and it makes up the acronym ASAP. Uh, okay. A, absolute surrender. Okay. I kind of double plugged mm -hmm. on that one. But uh, uh, the S is structure. Okay. The next A is accountability. And the last P is purpose. And, and here's why these are such important mm -hmm. steps that every addict and alcoholic needs. If you notice, uh, if, if you have a loved one or you are the one who, who has an addiction of your own and you're listening to this, if you ever notice, we do well in prisons and we do well in programs. Mm -hmm. uh, but then when we get out, we seem to fall flat on our face. Yep. Any positive so change that happens remains incarcerated uh -huh. with us there. And so what is it about these places that as long as we're in there, 
We're sober. We're not only surviving in these places, we're thriving in these places. Mm -hmm. We put weight back on. We start mm -hmm. rebuilding damaged relationships. A lot of us come into an intimate relationship with God, but then we get out and it's all washed away. And so there's something about these places, uh, prisons and programs, yeah. that... that Teach us to, to, to thrive mm -hmm. and not just survive. Mm -hmm. And I would say it's the four things that I've mentioned to you here. Mm -hmm. A, absolute surrender. When I go to jail or I go into a program for treatment, mm -hmm. I'm not in charge anymore. Right. And when Chuck Chapman's not in charge anymore, things go a lot smoother, right? <laughs> uh, the warden's in I charge. Yeah, yeah, the director's yeah, yeah. in charge. They tell me when to go, where yeah. to go. I relinquish all of my freedom mm -hmm. to them, you know? Um S, structure. There's a routine. Yes, If If, if mm -hmm. we are going to grow, most times we don't feel like it. You mm -hmm. know, most any given day, I can just not feel like getting out of bed. Mm -hmm. I can be depressed, and depression and addiction go hand in hand. So most days, I'm not going to feel like mm -hmm. putting in the work. Right. But a jail and a program, they tell you when to go, where to go. This is the time you go to church. This is the time you go to devotion. This is the time you tune in to Hope for the Journey podcast, oh, you know, the yeah, greatest podcast in the world. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but they, they, they have a structure. They have yeah. a routine. And addicts and alcoholics need mm -hmm. a routine. Right. The next thing, accountability. If I'm in jail and I don't do what I'm what I'm supposed to do or do what I'm told to do when I'm supposed to do it, there's repercussions. Right. If right. I'm in jail, I'm removed mm -hmm. from the general population so the rest of the population can thrive. Or mm -hmm. if I'm in a program of privilege like like a rehab, I'm kicked out. Mm -hmm. And the last thing, every inmate, every person in every program in the history of prisons and programs has had one shared common purpose, and that is getting out and going home. And they will run at that finish line of purpose with everything they got. But here's, yes. the, here's mm -hmm. the problem. They're running at that race. They're running at that finish line. Okay, hey, uh, you clean these toilets. We'll knock, uh, you know, 30 days off your sentence. You got it. Mm -hmm. You do this. We'll let you go home two months early. Whatever. They'll do whatever you tell them to do, you know. Right, uh, right. But they're running at that finish line, running at that finish line of purpose. But then they hit the finish line. Okay, you're free to go. And they don't have another race lined up to run. They that's, don't have a purpose. That's excellent. Yeah, that's right. And so that's where the four mm -hmm. steps of ASAP recovery come in. And I got to make a... <clears throat> It's, it's very important you hear this. These four steps, my four steps that the Lord's laid on my heart, um, I've, I've applied them to my life on the street and my day-to-day, -day, where the real battle is, you know, and that's right, where we need right, to learn. Right. How do I apply absolute surrender, structure, accountability, and purpose in my day-to-day -day life on the streets where the junkie lives or the, 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 the dealer lives two blocks over? Right. How do right. I do that? Mm -hmm. And so I, I need to make it very clear that these four steps can't save you. But they point you towards the one who can. Amen. And his right. name's Jesus. That's right. And so how do these relationships keep me from complacency mm -hmm. and and you know and and this and that? And so that's what the program's all that's about. Great. And uh, the, I just uh, over the years the Lord began to reveal to me the importance, you know, because like a lot of my buddies were relapsing, mm -hmm. you know, that I was in the mm -hmm. program with. I'm like, well, Lord, how come am I still standing? He began right. to show me the importance about how he and I carry these things over together that's in, awesome. in my day-to-day -day life. That's awesome. Well, Chuck, it's been a great to have you yeah. on the podcast today. Um, I love your passion for what you're doing. I can, you know, I believe God has his hand on you in a, in a marvelous way. You had mentioned earlier, if anybody wanted to contact you to reach yeah. out, what's the best way for them? Do you have an email website? Yeah. Yeah. What's the best way for them uh, to reach you? Yeah. You please, if you or a loved one is struggling with addiction, uh, please feel free to contact me anytime. Uh, my email is crucified with Christ at yahoo.com. That's crucified with Christ at yahoo.com. Uh, you're free to call my personal cell here, 859-394-2190. Uh, uh, you can call the church at 859-261-4113 uh, and ask for uh, Pastor Chuck Chapman. I'd be happy just to 
talk with you, set with you. Uh, I found there's three types of people in recovery, those that want help, those that think they want help, and those being made to get help. And learning who's who <laughs> is uh, where the shoe yeah, rubber so of the gospel true. hits the road. And so that's kind of what my program and I'm all about there and just trying to help you and your loved ones get there. And I appreciate you having me today. Well, it's a joy. It's been a blessing. Oh, it's been a blessing just to see you and to have you. And I know those who are listening today, their lives are being impacted as well. I hope so. Well, friend, thank you for listening to today's podcast. And by the way, if you've enjoyed today's podcast, then would you take just a few moments to shoot me an email or leave a post on Facebook or Instagram and let me know that you're listening? I really would love to hear from you. So until next time, remember Jesus Christ is the hope of the world. And if you look to him, you will truly discover hope along the journey. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you liked what you heard and would like to know more, follow us on Facebook at Hope Along the Journey or send us an email at hopealongthejourney at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you join us again for more hope along the journey.